Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, welcome along to Writer's Routine. It's the show where we take a sneak peek inside the working day of some of the most successful authors around. Uh, My name's Dan Simpson. Thank you so much for listening. This is a special mini bonus episode. You see, my interest in routines, it started about 10 years ago now. I saw a blog by Mason Curry called Daily Rituals. Then it became a book in 2013, uh, and now he's back with a brand new book. It's called Daily Rituals, Women at Work. It's full, crammed, chock-a-block full of interesting and slightly quirky routines from some of the most important women through history. Now, I was going to tag this chat onto the end of another episode, um, but I thought, since I was a bit slack over December with the work i got a bit too obsessed with christmas i thought i'd get right back into the grind and stick this up to say thank you for you sticking with me Uh, and this is a bonus special mini episode you know something to brighten up probably the worst week of the year so on the way you can hear from mason all about the new book about his own working day about what he's learned from the hundreds of rituals that he's researched and we try and figure out what all the routines have in common Has he gleaned the secret to the success? Is there one consistent thing that they all have? So that's on the way. Stay there. We start, as always, with what Mason sees around him in the place where he sits down to write. Okay, um, I'm sitting in my home office and I'm looking at my monitor and I have um, a stack of books on one side and some uh, index cards and some papers. It's a little bit messy, but not too bad. Uh, talk me through some of the books that you can see. What are we talking? Uh, I'm doing some research for a new book project, so I'm, uh, which I'm not ready to publicly announce yet, okay. but I do have some uh, biographies and some history books, and then a bunch of photocopies from things I got at the library. Is there a window anywhere? Yeah, there's a window behind me, but it um, faces the interior of my apartment building that has sort of like an interior courtyard, so I keep the curtain drawn because there's people... Uh, walking by all the time. <laughs> and on the walls, what what can we see? Is there anything inspirational there? Uh, no, not really. There's a calendar. I have some bookshelves up, but the walls are kind of bare at the moment. Um, now, if I were to drop into your, and I know that you're working on this thing that you don't want to announce, but if I were to drop into your writing room on a random day, 
how many clues would I have as to what you were working on? Aside from the research books, is there perhaps uh, post-it notes strewn everywhere? Have you got a big whiteboard that lets you plan? <laughs> I, I've been thinking about getting a big whiteboard or maybe like a row of um, kind of like cork boards I think could be useful. But right now I just have a bunch of boxes with files uh, so you can see people's names and dates. Uh, so you, you might get a get an idea of the book project from that. Now, the show is called Writer's Routine, and, and you should be more up to speed with this kind of thing than many of the guests that we've had on in the past. But, but talk me through yours, Mason, if you can. The moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed on a day when you are sitting down to write, how does it look? Um, well, I'm a real early morning person. I've just always found that getting up early, um, I have a certain kind of focus uh, that I don't have later in the day. So I get up at 5.30. Um, I put my... Uh, smartphone across the bedroom from my bed so that I have to get out of bed to turn it off and then uh, that forces me to kind of like actually get up and not snooze. So um, I get up and brush my teeth and make coffee and sit down at my desk and ideally I get straight to work on whatever my writing project is at the moment. Um, sometimes I do end up uh, scrolling through Twitter or looking at the headlines or being uh, kind of a slacker for a little while. Um, a lot of times the window while the coffee is still brewing, I'll give myself that five minutes to um, fool around and then I try to get down to work. And then I do that until seven. Uh, meanwhile, my wife gets up to get ready for work and I take our dog out uh, at seven for a walk about 30 minutes and then we feed him and typically we'll eat breakfast, uh, my wife will head out, and I will get back to my desk. Um, and then the rest of the day is kind of a mix between sitting at my desk, uh, writing or making notes, and reading in various places around the apartment. Uh, the couch or the bed is usually where I end up, and then taking the dog out uh, for breaks and walks. And um, Hopefully, I'll get to the gym kind of at the end of the day, like four or five, but that realistically only happens maybe three times a week, maybe four times if I'm being good. And then, um, you know, the evening winds up with dinner at home most often. I, I'll often make something or my wife will. And then usually we'll watch like an hour of TV before bed and um, bed's about 9, 30, 10. And uh, that's it. Because of the way that you work, it's not an it's not a, a novel, so it's not long form. It's short, sharp snippets of uh, the key writers' routines from history. What's mm -hmm. your aim for every day? Is it word count? Is it pages? Is it I need to get through a certain amount of of rituals? Yeah, I mean, when I was working on those books, I kind of would be doing the research and the sort of editing writing simultaneously most often. So I would um, typically shoot for in the morning, taking what I'd found that was interesting and trying to turn it into one of these nice, compact, uh, fun to read little uh, mini biographies of the person's day. So sometimes, you know, sometimes you find something that's just like such a great quote, someone describing their day, and you basically just have to put, present that, give it a little bit of context, and that's easy. Uh, other times I would find a bunch of interesting little things in different sources and kind of try to weave them together into a nicely written little um, uh, kind of mini biography. So that's what I try to do first thing. And then the rest of the day will be more combing through books um, and doing other kinds of research to find that material that I can then try to synthesize uh, in the morning writing time. I found that one of the joys of not just doing the show, but also reading the books and the blog is 
the little quirks, the little eccentricities of someone's writing day. Uh, I guess lastly, on your day, Mason, have you got any uh, aside from you know the five thirty wake up time and and certain benchmarks throughout? Is there something little that you need that just keeps you going? Yeah, I had you know when I was doing the first book, I was working in Brooklyn where I lived, and our the room I was working in was really cold. Uh, it had like drafty windows, and so I would always wear like a hooded sweatshirt with the hood up uh, to kind of like stay warm while I was writing. And I found that I really liked this feeling of having the hood up. Like it's almost like having blinders on. You sort of create this little uh, focus. You know, you're just like really focused on the screen in front of you or the book in front of you. So I still, unless it's really hot, I still tend to work first thing in the morning with uh, with the hood up. That's kind of my my little quirk. Now, there are certain particulars listening through. It is fairly precise. You know, 5.30, I wake up, 7, I take the dog for a walk. How honed is your writing routine through all the different daily rituals that you have read? So when you're listening, so when, sorry, when you're reading, you know, about Benjamin Franklin, what time he wakes up, perhaps when P.G. Woodhouse does this, how much are you learning and then quietly crafting your own working day to, to get the most out of it? That's a good question. You know, I, I don't feel like I've that much taken famous historical figures routines and then, you know, literally adopted them in my life. I have always been a first thing in the morning person uh, since like high school. I've just found that, um, that, you know, that first thing in the morning brain power is somehow special for me. So um, I'll, I'll sort of periodically see something I like in someone's routine and try it out in my day. Like, uh, trying to take like an hour long walk each afternoon was something I tried for a while. Or um, one thing I loved that I never really tried was um, the novelist Nicholson Baker told me in an interview that he likes the early morning writing time too. So he actually at sometimes he'll get up really early, like three or 4 a.m., work for an hour or two, and then go back to bed, sleep for an hour or two, and then get up again early, like six or seven, and sort of try to get two early mornings out of one day. <laughs> I always thought that was such a cool idea, but I don't quite have the discipline to, to do that. <laughs> Is it all about efficiency for you? Uh, you know, you, you're waking up at 5.30 because you know, right, I'm a morning person. This is how I can get the most out of my day. Or, or is, is it more about enjoyment? No, it's more about, I mean, honestly, you know, it makes me sound like I'm some super efficient, highly, <laughs> highly productive person, but it's really because I'm not. It's because I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible procrastinator. I've had a lot of struggles with focusing on work uh, throughout my writing life, and I and I feel like the morning is the one time that I can most effectively overcome all these bad habits. And um, it's almost like when I'm first up, the it's like I'm so fuzzy that I almost like just don't do all the extra baggage, all the procrastinating, all the like self criticism. It's just like I can just kind of like sit down and do it, and it and so it's really for me a way of like trying to short circuit my bad habits or uh you know stop them before they start it's uh it's kind of like it's the one thing that works for me so i don't particularly like getting up that early but it's really the one thing that has worked consistently so that's why i do it do you think you've reached the finishing point with it is it as perfect as it can be or are you still because because you think much more about daily rituals i'd imagine than most other people uh, are you still honing it or do you think you've got it as watertight as as it's ever going to be Mm, you know, I, I almost feel like every new project kind of needs its own particular uh, routine and rituals. 
So I'm right now just like kind of barking on a new project and I'm kind of finding a new rhythm for it. So um, I actually, working in the home office is, is a relatively new thing for me. Having the dog is a relatively new thing. So um, I kind of like to, to have each project has its own sort of rhythm and, and feeling. And um, so I, I'm still tinkering with it a little bit. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. What started your, I want to say, obsession with daily rituals right from the start, back in the uh, in the late noughties when you made the blog? What started the fascination? I think, you know, like a lot of people who want to be writers, um, you sort of, you glom on to writers' habits as sort of a way to see how they got it done just on a really basic level. I mean, I came out of college thinking I wanted to write fiction and I... I didn't, you know, I just had no clue how to start. And you sort of feel like, well, you start on a daily, you know, just like sitting down at your desk and it's like, it's just sort of the low hanging fruit. Like what, how did people do it? How many hours a day did they do it? Like, did they have a day job? You know, um, how, how do I start to kind of copy their habits? So I just always loved that, you know, so many writers interviews, or if you go see an author speak, that's so often it's a question people get asked. And so I always loved reading those answers. And that's what led me to eventually think it would be fun in a blog format. And where do you start? So you, you've got this idea, hang on, it would be fun to look at famous daily rituals from history. But where do you even begin the research? You mentioned earlier, sometimes all the snippets are, is a quote from someone that you liked that you're slightly expanding on. But where do you even begin to you know, you shared with us the other week, Isabella Lande's um, writing routine. How do you go about finding these? Uh, Isabel Allende, I uh, asked her for an interview, so that one's based on a telephone call I had with her a couple of years ago. Um, so, but you know, a lot of the research is historical research, and I, I usually just start with biographies. I'll, you know, if there's someone I'm interested in, I'll check out in the library the whatever biographies they have. I'll read or kind of skim read them, looking for 
just whatever tidbits, you know, sometimes they have really interesting working habits and it's easy to find. Sometimes there's just little interesting things, maybe their smoking habit or their, you know, their family life, the rhythm of that, or, you know, maybe they're drinking or uh, superstitions. And, um, and a lot of times the biographies then leads to <clears throat> like a book of letters or diaries or interviews. I mean, you just, I just sort of like comb through as much as I can find. And then, you know, I have to say a lot of times I don't find anything that seems worth including. So for every one, <clears throat> one little mini biography in the book, I might've gone through four or five books for that person, but I might've also gone through four or five books for five or 10 other people that just didn't turn up anything. And how do you, how do you sort out? Well, I guess actually, um, before before I rabbit on with more questions, we should actually talk about the new one. So the new one is is women at work. How did you get that first idea was uh, for it? What what did it present itself as to you in in your mind? What was the elevator pitch? Well, I mean the first, you know so the very first book, Daily Rituals, is a collection of these brief mini biographies of people's days for 160 um, people throughout history, and it really ended up being disproportionately men, uh, in part because. When you think, I really wanted to do these famous big names, you know, Mozart and Beethoven, Picasso, Hemingway, and, uh, you know, a lot of those famous big names are men. And after the book came out, some people said, you know, it's really disproportionately men, you know, th that they wish they had seen more women. And I thought that that was really a valid point. And I talked to my publisher about maybe we could do some sort of follow-up. And originally we were going to just do like sort of a mini sequel as an ebook, like a, maybe another 30 or 40 women's uh, routines to kind of balance it out. But as I was working on that, it was like, there's just so much great material and it really just had its own kind of tone too. It was, it was a different thing. It wasn't as many quirky stories of, you know, these so-called geniuses with their precisely timed naps and walks and, uh, you know, periods set aside for socializing and these specific meals, you know, it was more about like really fighting to get the time to get the work done. So many of these women had so many obstacles on a daily basis um, in terms of family responsibilities and just sort of larger um, like sexism and lack of access to, um, you know, like audiences and, uh, and people who would help them get their work out. So Anyway, that we ended up deciding that it made sense as a full-fledged uh, sequel, and that's how that came about. It's quite open-ended. In terms of your research, if you have to fill a, a book with, you know, over a hundred uh, writing routines from notable women throughout history, how do you even begin to, to know <laughs> who who you're going to look at? Who makes the cut? How do you know where <coughs> you're going to look? Talk me through that. Uh, I mean, I really just started with like a, a wish list, like if I could, you know, just like off the top of my head, made a huge list of all the people that I am interested in, famous names I could think of. And then I started kind of researching, you know, I just like, I kind of just made a big list to start. And then as I started researching those people, they, that research suggested other women. Um, my editor had some input. Uh, my wife had some ideas. People, you know, my agent had some ideas. Um, I just kind of started with a huge grab bag of names and started slowly figuring out which ones were interesting and had good material and then that led to other names and then you know I would continually kind of look at the list and say okay like this is too many writers I need some people from the world of music some people from visual arts and then I also made a list of people I would really love to interview and sent out you know I don't know more than a hundred interview requests and um in the end I think I got 20 
people who I interviewed in the book. So I wanted to get some contemporary voices in there because I think, you know, people are hungry for stories about how people deal with distractions in, in sort of the digital age and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's a, it must be a long process. How much time does this take from beginning to end? When you first had the idea, sat down with your agent thinking, maybe we should do a whole book about famous women through history uh, and, mm-hmm. and to it being published, what's the period we're talking? Uh, with, the, with the new book, um, from starting on the ebook and then switching it to the full-fledged book and then finishing that was like two years full-time work. <clears throat> and then from the book being kind of like done to actually coming out was another about a year. Now, it's quite hard to spoil it for because, you know, there are hundreds of rituals that are inside. But perhaps could you just take us through uh, take us through some of the ones that you really enjoyed researching, one of the, the, the really like curious and quirky and eccentric daily rituals from the new book? I mean, I'll say the new book is not as heavy on the curious and quirky things. <laughs> uh, the first book has a ton of curious, quirky. The new book, like I said, is a little bit more about these women kind of trying to yeah. like fight to carve out the time. I mean, one of my favorite stories is the American science fiction author, um, Octavia Butler, who she early in her career had to work a full-time day job. Uh, she, she couldn't just write full-time. And she had sort of the string of, she called them horrible little jobs, including as like a warehouse worker. And at one point she was a potato chip inspector at a factory. And, um, you know, these, these pretty like physical jobs, you know, eight, nine hour days. And so she figured out that she could only really get writing done uh, early in the morning like me. But in her case, she would get up as early as two or three in the morning work through until she had to go to this, these jobs, work a full day, and then kind of like crash in the evening. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting and inspiring. Researching all these different rituals, is there a secret to success? Is there a consistency among the greats? What, what have you learned? I mean, there's not a secret to success, unfortunately. <laughs> but there is, a, I mean, I think one of the real commonalities is a certain uh, ruthlessness about getting your work done about putting your your creative work first in your life you see over and over again people who were really determined to get in that hour or two hours or three hours every day um, and another part of it I think is trying to carve out that time at the same time every day to kind of make it not just about the day but sort of the rhythm that that forms from day to day to day you know the the Japanese novelist um, Haruki Murakami talks about how it's almost like a form of mesmerizing yourself. You sort of mesmerize yourself from repeating the same day over and over again to reach a state of mind where you can do this kind of difficult, demanding, creative work. Amazing. Well, the new one, Daily Rituals, Women at Work, it is out now. It is absolutely fantastic. Mason, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that is it for our special mini episode, our bonus writing routine uh, from an author who writes all about writing routines and daily rituals. Mason Curry, his brand new book, Daily Rituals, Women at Work, is out right now. Uh, Listen, very quickly, if you've enjoyed this, uh, if anything that you've learned over this episode or the ones that we've done in the past, if it's helped you out with your writing routine, uh, I'd love you to say thanks by pledging to the show and supporting us over at patreon.com forward slash writers routine uh, or you can also leave a review for us uh, over on the apple podcast store if that's how you're listening to the show if you listen to it another way that's fine but just spread the word uh, through word of mouth that'd be very nice and give us a follow over on twitter it is at writers pod and you can always get in touch through the website it's writers and 
gmail.com. Uh, and I will see you again in a few days' time with a proper full-length beast of an episode, and it's a good one this week as well. It's Hugh Montgomery sharing his writer's routine. You don't want to miss it. The guy is amazing and I think slightly nuts as well. Uh, I'll see you then. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.